Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood The Unabomber blowing up Waco, Texas and Heaven's Gates Alien modified men from apes Hitler faked his death and then escaped Bigfoot and the Mothman Son of Sam talking to dogs again Witches, ghosts and goblins Mysterious noise and hot dings Dark arts and the skull and bones Most celebrities are probably cloned So when you're feeling all alone Grab a beer and get stoned I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew We're here to entertain you Welcome back to the podcast. This is Strange Brew Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Tomcat, aka Tom Thompson, aka the Reptilian, aka um, Clifford Olson. I'm just joking. I'm not fucking want to be repping him. Uh, but welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome here. I am one of the hosts, and who else do I have? Uh, I am. I am another one of your hosts, aka. AKA no, it's, it's Reverend Kaiju. Anton, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Um, I'm doing my sober month. That's why, like I said, if you heard, you heard that uh, I was drinking this month. It's because we recorded prior to. So, yeah, I'm slightly envious of your uh, of your sober month after <laughs> last night. I had a really good time, but I yeah, a little, little, little sluggish. How are you feeling? Sluggish. I'm good. Just sluggish. Just foggy. I you know I'm not like terribly hungover. I'm my kombucha. You've got Yep, it's my. Uh, you know, it's 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 technically a brew. So, and I like kombucha. So it's you know this one's really good. It's wild berry. Wild berry hiccup. And also, you know, I got a little I got a little bowl to spark up. It's gonna be the first time me other not like since for a while actually. Sparking up actual flour on the podcast. Usually I hit my pen, but because of my sober month, I'll probably be getting a little more stone in the podcast, except for some big topics that we're going to get into, which I want to be fucking right on the edge. I want to be the straightest edge I've ever been just for uh, to make sure everything is pristine for those big cases that we'll be getting into in the future. I want to be sharp as a tack. How ta- sharp are tacks? Not very. I pierced my nose with a tack when I was a kid, and it was oh, a so did I. Idea. Oh, me too, man. That's so funny. Uh, no, I think I pierced <laughs> my. E- I think it was my ear. Um, that's funny that you got into this. Well, don't worry. We'll be getting into uh, the serial killer we're going to cover today. Uh, we're going uh, to the Great White North, eh? Uh, to talk about um, a less known serial killer. A lot of people won't actually know about this guy. Actually, a lot of people won't. But uh, when I was, I think like I was like twelve, thirteen. Remember my buddy Holden, um, one of my uh, my homies. He was uh, we were like trying to like uh, he wanted to pierce my ear, and I was like dating this girl at the time, and she was trying at first. And she's like, I don't want to hurt you, I don't want to hurt you, and then so he did it, and he just pressed one like not even a thumbtack, like one of those tacks with like you know how the the color tip on it. It's not mm-hmm. like the so it's even harder because you have to like press your finger on it. And I remember pressing on my ear. And I'm like, oh, 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 fuck, it barely worked. It went through my ear, but I was just bleeding, and it just, just fucking still so stupid. So you're talking like the um, push pins, not yeah, the, the, or push, not the little, yes. the little <laughs> plain button ones, yeah. but the ones with the little plastic the on the end of it. Push pins, yes. Yeah, so that's what I used to pierce this nostril, um, and I didn't realize while I, I'm sitting there fucking twisting it, and I didn't realize uh, it had a barb on the end of it. Oh. So when I pulled it back out, it took a chunk with it and ended up getting infected, and yeah. I got it re-pierced like a year later in Canada, of all places. That's actually and, a uh, throw to this yeah. one. My first tattoo was in Canada, too. Really? Where'd you go? Uh, I went to the alien tattoo uh, off of... In Niagara? 
Yeah, past and Clifton Hill. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's it's just so funny because I remember the one time I was out with my cousins, the one that was on the second episode ever of Strange Brew, and uh, my nose ring fell out of my nose. I think I did studs at the time, and mm. it fell out. And then my cousins like, let me use my earring, and my, his earring was a different gauge, like thicker. So oh, I remember you like your nose. He, he was like shoving it in, and we were like kind of drunk, and I was like crying because it hurt so much, like just like you know that sensitivity around your nose, and he's just. Pr- oh, yeah. Pressing it through And I'm like Oh fuck And then I end up having to Re-pierce this side Cause I have this side pierced And then I pierce this side And then I pierce this side It was oh, Fucking stupid Stupid children When I got it done The uh, the piercer was like You will cry But don't worry It doesn't mean you're a bitch It just means that your eyes Are tearing up Yeah Because like it's in your nose And it's very true Cause yeah The moment the needle goes in You're just like Ugh, And just, like, tears just start Streaming down your face It's the sensitivity Around your fucking cartilage yeah. and shit Um yeah. But yeah, uh, for this episode, I'm super excited. Uh, I, why I want to get in Clifford Olsen, I actually like, out of all the serial killers and stuff, of and even Canadian serial killers that I knew of when I was a kid, um, you know, I always knew about somewhat about Paul Bernardo. But I always, I've referred to this guy before. I wish I could remember his name, but this law teacher that I had in grade 11, he used to be a lawyer and then he decided to be a teacher. And he taught me a lot about, you know, crime analysis. And he would question us. And I was, I was, this is when I went back to school. My mom's like, you know, you go to school or you get a job. And she essentially forced, me uh to uh go to this school in simcoe um this town that was where she was working at so during the summer she would drive me out there and she would make me hang out there because she didn't trust me uh when i was like 16 or 17 she didn't trust me at home by myself i don't know she thought i was gonna steal alcohol or get drunk or smoke weed or do stupid ass shit like i used to i was a very dumb teenager uh so she would essentially forced me to go and hang out in Simcoe. And I would, I would literally walk around. She would give me like five bucks. And I used to, this is how I have a, such a huge collection of books is because this bookstore was going out of, uh, it was going out of business. So I would literally go to this bookstore every day and they would have all these deals on like $2. I got, um, a Cole Kennedy, like a JFK fucking handbook, really nice one for nice. fucking two bucks. So I like would just on his presidency or on like yeah, conspiracy on his life, or his like, life, his whole life and his presidency. And I already read through it like years ago, but it's just uh, I would just go and collect books from this place and I and anything I was I thought was kind of interesting. I even got a book wrote by uh, written by Snoop Dogg, just things I was interested by, right? And then so I just walk around. I was one of those. I was a punk thug kid that would blare hip hop music from my fucking headphones, and anyone that talked to me, I'd be an asshole to essentially because I didn't like or trust anybody, especially in this new town i had my friends at home i don't need these people right um so then when i started going to school there um you know i was like when i went to the law class i wanted to speak up more because i knew a lot about serial killers but i didn't want to look like this fucking crazy kid already more than i did because i used to walk around the hallways and just blare like very conspiracy based uh crazy hip-hop and like Mm -hmm. like even you know girls would look at me and be like He's kind of cute, but he's fucking weird and he stands out too much. But like, you know, randomly people would talk to me, but it was pretty rare. Like I remember one time, this is how uh, aggressive I guess I was back then. Um, I remember this kid, I was just listening to music and it's so loud that I couldn't hear what he said. And he like kind of bumped me when he went into the washroom and I thought he said something to me. So I threw him up against the fucking wall and I was like, what the fuck did you say? And I'm like, pull my earphone back. And then he's like, he's like, nothing, nothing, man. I just said, excuse me. And I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was such a dick. Um, so then when I went to this law class, he, he would always like make us question things. He'd be like, come on, like think about it. So when we eventually get into cases like very disturbing cases, which I want to get into, like Tori Stafford um, is a very famous case of an abduction case of a little girl in Canada. And there's also... Um, there's another one uh, from Toronto. Tori Stafford's from Woodstock, which is only a half an hour away from me, and it's a very fucked up case. Uh, that one we'll definitely get into. I don't know if it's it's a sad case, uh, but he would question us and made me interested in more and more interested in true crime. So he talked about Clifford Olson and like questioned us and uh, like and told us, you know, like think about it. How do you think he got away with this? You know, some of it was the ignorance of the police, and so this is what drove me into wanting to do this one day because he's a person that got me really interested more or less in a Paul Bernard or Carla Hamoka. Like he made us question things. Yeah. He sounds like a really good teacher. Um, like he would ask yeah. you, he would tell you to come and talk to him after class. If you want, I always wanted to, like I talked, I think I talked to him about one thing. I was trying to talk to him about like, uh, Vinny Paz's song end of days and shit and how it's like the, the, it's, I was like a punk kid. So I was like, maybe that was not the best conversation to have, but. I mean, I'm sure he understands that you were a teenager and, and I mean, teenagers do certain things and act and behave in a certain way. And I'm sure anyone that's an educator that primarily works with teenagers understands this very well, yeah. better than the teenagers themselves. I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, so I'm sure you're sure you're good. He, uh, this case is pretty fucked up too, though. Is. I mean, and that's why I'm saying he went into like where most teachers would be like, you know, just teach you basic law and crime and everything. He would go into details and make us write about the details and then question all of it. And that's why I want to get in this case. So it's so interesting. And uh, for this, I wore my no pain, no gain T-shirt. I love that shirt. It's so good. <laughs> no pain, no gain. Oh, you know, Tom, you got a, you got, you got a really good shirt there, Tom. Do you <laughs> have any pork chops and pickles? Is that how he talks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Gein, you know, he just had that really slow voice because yeah, he was true. a simple fella. He was a simple fella, kind of like Clifford Olson to an extent. So Clifford Olson. So I got a question. Have you ever heard of this guy before I brought him up to you? No, I actually, yeah, this is, this one's brand new for me. So I, uh, yeah, I, I listened to a little bit, uh, of that in, I listened to the entire interview. Um, yes, we'll get into a clip or two. His voice that. is fucked. His voice is fucked. His voice is fucked. Yeah, so you did it better. You did a better one than I did. Oh my God. What was the, uh, what was the thing that he kept saying over and over? I'm trying to go back and, and look at it, but I can't cause it's all, audio um, uh, you, you know what I'm getting at. Oh, you, you, you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm getting at. He's saying that. And uh, that part, he's like, am I, am, I, am I retarded? And it's like, no, no, you, no, it's not retarded to think that. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, Dude, those interviewers yes. are fucking, like, I, yeah. unless there's some proper motive for them to get and do, like, that's the what they said that they did. What's the motive, though? I know, I saw the description. Really fucking weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, when yeah. they said they're like, we had questionable and some would say cruel methods of getting this. It's like, was that girl fucking sending them nudes or something? Like, I know, because they uh, said it might be you offensive. Send my letter out. Oh, yeah, no, and like, this is people that interviewed Clifford, uh, Clifford Olsen over the phone. We'll, we'll play a clip from it in a bit, but essentially, like, they, they just. It even says like you. Uh, this is an appropriate, and most viewers might find offensive. But we use certain tactics to get Clifford Olson to talk to us, and yeah. um, you know the who knows it could have been a young, good-looking girl. But they they say some like um, uh, we'll get into it. But they say some shit that it's just like I know you're trying to get him to talk to you, but this is a little far. Like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? 
Didn't she say at one point in time where he asked her, he's like, what's your hair color? She's like, oh, I'm a blonde. And he says something like, oh, yeah, you're dead or something fucking ridiculous yes. like that, where it's like, are you it's just fucked. letting this man? Well, I mean, yeah, he, he did write a bunch of fucking pornographic letters and shit when he was in prison. Yeah, it's just uh, like a lot of serial killers. They tend to either write letters or they tend to draw. There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of serial killers that are not even that good at drawing, but they just like drawing up dead bodies or fantasizing about um, the things that they did. They got nothing but fucking time on their hands. This so. pipe is pretty cool. Is um, it silicone? You got yeah, one of the silicone, silicone pipes. Um, this is the one I got from my uh, my stepbrother. Nice. <laughs> but it has this little like little uh, tray in it at the bottom where you just pop it in and you can just keep your weed in there. And then you can just pop it, like hide your weed in there. It's got like a little tray. And then uh, you can just... Which is, I think is kind of cool. So you can have your weed in there and then you just pop the tray back in. Huh. That cool. Interesting. Yeah. So then when you're like, you know, out and about, you can just have, uh, I don't even know which, how this goes back in. When you're out in a boot? When you're out in a boot. I don't even know how this goes back in. I'll figure it out later. But it is like a little <laughs> tray. You know, I'm going to smoke up for this one, but uh, let's get into Clifford Olson. What kind of weed you smoking on? Uh, this is called pineapple mints. I, I was smoking on some um, indica last night. It's pretty good because I, I have all that um, that weed from my, my stepbrother that my, my dad, my dad <laughs> took, took from him. Well, his mother took from him. My dad just uh, just went along with it. Uh, they're not his kids, so he just kind of just does the best parenting routine he can because it's not really... They have their own dad. My dad is more or less like step back, kind of like... Do do your own thing. They're all teenagers. They're all older. Like they're all. Some of them are in their twenties. Um, most of them are in their uh, early twenties, and then there's one that's like a teenager. So, just like gotcha. you know, they're all older now. It's you know, it is what it is. But so when they took all this stuff that we have like now ounces of weed. So the indico is really good. This pineapple mints is good. It's not like it's not like the tastiest, but it's very it's a very good sativa. Like it keeps you level headed. Gotcha. It's good stuff. You what are you smoking on? I know you smoked a little bit this morning. Um, I smoked some pink runs. I can't remember if that's uh, indica or sativa, but Where? it's been pretty damn good. Sounds yeah. good. Clifford Olson, Clifford Robert Olson, uh, was a convicted Canadian serial killer who confessed to murdering 11 children and young adults between the ages of 9 and 18 in the early 1980s. Olson scored 38 slash out of 40 on the psychopathy checklist. Yeah. You got to wonder though, too, like when they do those tests. Yeah, but I mean, like he'd already admitted to killing people at that point, so maybe he was just trying to hype himself up when he was in prison, so he didn't yeah. get you know raped constantly. Toke it, toke it, toke it, toke it, toke it, toke it. All right, locked and loaded, <laughs> and ready to go. All right, um, the bodies of three boys and eight girls between the age of uh, nine and eighteen. Well, <laughs> they had been they had been found. Um, in a secluded area within 90 kilometer radius of Vancouver. Some of the victims had been raped and sodomized. Okay, me and Billy had this fucking argument before on an episode. I'm sure you'll remember. Uh, what do you think when you hear the word sodomy? Okay, so I've... <clears throat> <laughs> so the definition of sodomy... The definition of sodomy is any sexual act that is non-reproductive. So fucking your girl and pulling out, that's sodomy, buddy. But the image that's drawn to everyone's head because of Christianity, when someone says sodomy, is anal. Anal. 
Um, That's what I always thought, man. When I, you know, when I heard because you know, obviously I listen to fucked up rappers like Necro. Necro was like, you know, when he talks about like I'll sodomize you, I'm always like, yeah, he he's fucking him in their ass. But I guess he could mean that he's uh, also fucking their mouth or their ear. No, so the actual, like I said, the actual definition is, you know, any any sexual act that's non-reproductive. Yeah, because Billy, uh, Billy fucking had to Google it the one episode, and I'm like, well, as far as I know, it just means anal, but, you know, I guess the definition. And, of course, you would know yeah. the definition. <laughs> I guess any sexual act you do is not um, reproductive. No, I mean, yeah, that's the point, isn't and, it? And until one day there's a miracle child born from your jism in a man's bum. Could happen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then I become <laughs> fucking disgusting rich because, you know, yeah, you'll that's be, a miracle of science. I know. You're praised like some cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> he has the well, I mean, how what, how do we know that it's the magical seed though? Oh, Maybe yeah, it's the, the magical, magical butt. butt. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> oh, you bastard. So, in like, obviously, case okay, so sodomy is anything that doesn't have uh, pregnancy involved, doesn't get people inseminated. Is that the word I want to know? Inseminated is just jizzing inside something. No one's. Yeah, inseminated is jizzing inside something. Uh, fertilized, I think, yeah. is the word you're thinking of. So, some were bludgeoned, others were stabbed, and one was strangled. All have been drugged and killed in a, uh, in a murderous spree lasting only nine fucking months so you know what's crazy is yeah. uh in that interview he says oh if you look I, I i was never convicted of any sexual assault or or rape that's not what i do and uh you know they never knew that they were gonna die they were just unconscious yeah i'll because like, uh, i was this is him talking about that don't you know how those kids were killed at all no, uh-huh. I have no idea. You got, you got all the autopsies, all the pictures, and come and see you and everything. Not one of them, not one of them ever was, uh, was tortured or knew that they were dying. You get what I'm getting at? Yeah. You wow. get what I'm getting at? Just from chlorohydrate. Wow. How, how did you end it all though? I mean, what was chlorohydrate? Chlorohydrate in the beer. Follow me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, after 20 minutes, you were out. You couldn't wake up you, 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 in three days. You get what I'm getting at? Right, right. You get what I'm getting at? <laughs> you get what I'm getting at? <laughs> so he, chlorohydrate, and that's what he was putting inside of the drinks to essentially subdue his victims. It's very bad audio. It's recorded over a fucking telephone. So, And it's probably from the early 2000s, I would think, if not the late 90s. Yeah, I mean, it's recorded over a telephone uh, from a prison, and then yeah, yeah the the year, and I most likely the prison telephone. I mean, I don't know if you guys do it in the state or in Canada, but in the states, I know all prison telephones are tapped. I would think like, so. All anyway, monitored. I would think so yeah. in Canada. You know, we already have a dictator as a prime minister, so I'm sure they do shadier shit than that. So, <laughs> um, but his his voice is fucking like. The nerdiest, strangest Canadian, just like, just a guy just down the local corner store. He sounds like a little old man. It's, like, mm -hmm. it's weird. Imagine it's probably how he was able to lure his victims is hey, just that disarming. Oh, hey. Yeah. You want some beer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mind the little fizzy part of the beer. It's just, it's just, it's just the, you know, it's just the hops, okay? <laughs> that beer's got it. an awful lot of bubbles in it, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, drink it all up now. Uh, so this was from the nine months. It was from November 1980 through July 1981. Such a very short span uh, for as many killings as he got away with. And it's funny, um, you know, and then this is he was he did it while Olsen, when he was out of prison, 
on mandatory supervision. So he did all this while he was literally on some sort of probation and were, which is fucked. So they would just visit him and be like, Hey, make sure you're good. Yeah. Dude had a fucking criminal record that was like, you know, eight miles long. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that like they could have, they could have fucking stopped him so many times. I know, but that's, uh, that's what happens. The police in Canada suck. It's just like, it is weird how I was going to say how Canadian, a lot of the killers in Canada, at least a couple, um, especially like Clifford Olson and then um, Alan Lejeure, which we, me and Billy talked about. That's the one that Billy wanted to get his hands into because he was living in that in that town of Miramichi. But he also did the same thing where he killed in a very short span of time and a, um, at least a good amount of victims, and, which sounds terrible, but it's just a lot of people. A large of amount of victims <laughs> for the time. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say good. <laughs> he racked them up. That was good. He got those um, points. Got those <laughs> that was good. points. <laughs> Have you seen The Frighteners? Yes. With, uh, Do you remember uh, with, um, Jake what, Busey? With, uh, what's his name? Um did you just do tremors to, to illustrate Michael J. Fox? <laughs> yeah, J- Michael J. Fox. Yeah, um, old uh, sh- old rickety. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> old rickety Michael J. Fox, man. He's just rickety. Look, man, I, I I don't appreciate you talking you talking shit about Michael J. Fox. That man sent me a check when I was sick, and I still can't cash it. When you were sick with COVID. No, he I'm said you just handwriting is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And you still can't cash. I it. still can't cash it. They, they just, it uh, it's unintelligible. <laughs> but like, it is his signature. They match it up on Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that he would just let his wife handle his affairs at that point in time. I Honey, I can't send the check. <laughs> so Clifford Robert Olson was born in Vancouver, BC on uh, January 1st, 1940, one of four children of a milkman. <laughs> oh, snap. Hey, my dad was a milkman. The, yeah, he's given all the ladies the milk. <laughs> but he, I've got your cream. Miss. All, yeah, I'm, you sh- like it? I'm sure we just watched uh, Boogie Nights last night. Um, oh, you did nice. Good I know, shit. and I wanted to watch it before we got into John Holmes, uh, but I did watch The Wonderland Murders, which is more accurate. But I've mm-hmm. never really seen Boogie Nights, and I've always heard about it. Even Chelsea's like, this movie was is fucking weird. And I was like, yeah, well, it's based on a weird-ass porn star. So Paul and, Thomas Anderson directed that. It's the same dude yeah. that did There Will Be Blood. Oh, really? Yep. And he, it was... Dude, that scene where Heather Graham kicks a dude's fucking skull in yeah. with her roller skates? Yeah, it's... It's fucked up. So it was just funny that we've never seen that. We covered it on John Holmes, but yeah, that guy was a, it was a real piece of shit. But I'm just saying, cause it made me think that like, there's probably an eighties porn that's just like, I'm the milkman. And it's like, is your husband home? It's like, no, he's at work. And it's just like, I'm here to give you the milk. And then he comes in and puts the bottles down. And then and it's like very shittily filmed. Well, that was the, uh, you've seen Zach and Mary make a porno, right? Oh yeah. Same kind of aspect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bring um, in you, your cream. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's, I, oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's Seth Rogen scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. You know, it's a Kevin Smith movie too. Yeah, I know. Um, I love you, Kevin Smith, but I'm disappointed in your, uh, views we're all disappointed in Kevin Smith, <laughs> but, uh, so he grew up, uh, nearby Richmond, even as a schoolboy, he was bullied and he was a petty theft who tormented cats and dogs. They say we're not entirely they said sure. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. They, they have no proof to say that he tortured animals, but you know, we can, someone could have said it. A friend could have said it. Someone could have said it. 
Well, it is the stereotype of serial killers to have, you know, tortured small animals. And it would make sense that if you're going to be a predator. Yeah, but it makes sense, though. It's like it's it's that just with the uh, the pathology of it, where it's like, okay, you start out trying to make sense. Why did he? Why is he crazy? Why is he a murderer? We're just trying to make sense. Did he kill cats? Probably. Okay, maybe that's a trait. And then it's just like a fucking kid by accident rolls, uh, runs over a fucking squirrel on his dirt bike. It's like, this kid's a murderer. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's just, so he was bold enough to snatch berries and flowers from backyard patches and then try to sell them back to unsuspecting growers. So he steals people's what? flowers and then s- tries to sell the flowers back to stupid people. Uh, no one probably buy, but like, hey, I got some flowers. And they're like looking in their backyard. Like, hmm. There's like mis- missing massive patch of flowers. Are you sh- Where'd you get those? Uh, hmm. As if someone wouldn't recognize their own flowers. You're like, oh, no, I've just been tending to this garden every day for the last six months. <laughs> like I, I don't know what my flowers? own fucking shit looks like. Do you like to buy these flowers? And then fucking she's like, those look like my flowers. Slams the door on the kid. <laughs> Do you want to buy some flowers? No, I've got a whole garden in the... Get back here, you little shit. <laughs> those are my flowers. Uh, he was... he. Was, I'm going to guess what his dad sounds like. He was always getting into fights at school and getting beaten, beaten up. His father said in an interview, one day he said to me, Dad, Daddy, I'm going to learn to be a boxer. As soon as he did, he began making the rounds of the boys who beaten him up and even the score. So once he, he asked his dad to essentially teach him how to box for what I researched and saw on docs. Mm-hmm. And then he went around it and was like, hey, you remember that time that you... You fucking call me fat. And then he just like fucking knocked him out. I guess you're more like this. Remember that time you called me fat? And he fucking just starts knocking out kids everywhere he goes. His voice was even more obnoxious it probably before puberty. I couldn't imagine hey, because. Remember that time he called me fat? Get the fuck over here. I'm going to no, kick the shit out of you. No wonder he got, uh, no wonder he got beat up though, because if you hear his voice and that's probably him, he's already been in jail for a long time. He's could be, it sounds like he's in his fifties or sixties kind of shit. Even mm-hmm. maybe, maybe sixties. And you know, um, if he sounds like that, at that, like, uh, like this at that age, like he's as a kid, it probably sounded a lot worse. And that's, I don't wonder why. Yeah. He probably had one of those voices that just gets a kid bullied. Remember that time you stuck bubblegum in my hair, Susie? And he starts punching out girls that made fun of him, too. <laughs> so <Jesus> it's, <laughs> you know, it's like maybe that's his trouble. The, the, the chip on a shoulder, his dad said. Uh, but yet he didn't always disappoint. His former boxing coach, Tommy Ewell, had only positive memories of the uh, you know, quotations, good boy. But so it means that conflicting docs, because I heard that his dad taught him, but it says that he told his dad he wanted to be a boxer. So his dad got this coach, Tommy Ewell to teach him. Yeah. So um, it, I was probably yeah. a little bit of a, a little bit of B. I would assume the yeah. dad taught him, uh, you know, this whatever is how you he slap knew your and wife. <laughs> <laughs> you take, you take four big gulps of whiskey first <laughs> yeah, and then you ask her why the meatloaf is dry. <laughs> And then you take the bottle and put it across her head. <laughs> All right, son, are you paying attention? 
Yes, Dad. Because <laughs> if you're not, I'm going to fucking beat you, too. So okay, true. Dad. <laughs> and uh, so who was a runner-up in the bronze uh, gloves tournament in 1954? So he, he knew what he was doing. But deemed the most sportsmanlike boxer four years later in, gold, in the Golden Gloves tournament. Um, so he actually did fairly well in boxing. He was in the Golden Glove uh, tournament, so that's pretty good. The most sportsman, does that just mean that he was able to get beaten enough that he took it well? Yeah, I know. That's just the like, most sportsman. That was a good match. Probably, he, like, yeah, uh, he deserved the win. His fucking eyes all fucking, fucking bulged out and he's just shaking the guy's hand like, man, you saw them. You saw them nice fucking fit there, bud. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Why you got to kick so fucking hard? You kick like a mule. <laughs> so Olsen frequently played hockey and dropped out of school after uh, completing grade eight. So he's like, Oh, I'm done. He plays hockey. What Canadian has ever played hockey? That's uh, not a Canadian sport. <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, being Canadian, Billy loves hockey. I fucking hate hockey. Um, I can watch it if it's like the Canadians versus the Americans or whatever. Like, I understand hockey. Uh, my fucking dad and my brother watched it like my whole life, right? Like I've always mm-hmm. seen it. Um, I would just be like, "Fuck this boring shit." And I played. I played basketball. You know, I've played fucking football. I played soccer for a little bit. I played baseball. I never played hockey. I can't fucking skate. That's a, the part of the reason. And I'm Canadian. I, I do, cannot skate at, at all. Uh, but I just don't like sports. I think it's a method of uh, brainwashing and getting you to focus on that instead of what's going on. I, I don't think it's take. brainwashing. I would definitely say that it's a distraction yeah. and it uh, it certainly preys upon, you know, tribalism. Yeah. But I. I would assume that, you know, for well, you, you it's, it's face much paint more- that's blue and white. I'm wearing face paint that's blue and red. What fuck? And then they, they fight it out. I mean, but that's that's <laughs> stuff that just goes back into, you know, as far as human history has existed. That's yeah. why European soccer matches get so fucking. Oh, my knee. Oh, my violent. knee. My knee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no violence on the field. It's all in the stands. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, yeah. The the hooligans. <laughs> Well, because like, if you think about it, like a lot of hooligans, you have people that are fiercely proud of uh, something that they, they've done nothing yeah. to achieve. Like, like it's the same thing with nationalism and, and in Europe, it is nationalism. It's like Germany is playing Brazil. Yeah, so true. you got a bunch of hooligans on both sides that are super all about <laughs> where they're from and their sports team. So, you know, they see somebody and it just, it triggers that primal memory where they're just like, I know. kill. And this is uh, this is why I love our banter. You know what? You get you get a little serial killer knowledge. You get a little of us talking about hooligans and soccer. <laughs> hooligans it's all are violence hilarious. related. It's okay. It always just reminds me of that scene in um and uh, fucking Euro Trip. Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. I think it's such a. Please enlighten me. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> We're the Manchester United football cl- fan club. Yeah, fan club from Ohio. <laughs> Manchester United supporters. It's funny. Manchester United. <laughs> oh yeah, they make, oh they like try to make up the song. I actually love My that baby <laughs> takes the morning train. She works from nine till that? five, and then he takes another home again to find me watching the Manchester United oh, yeah. football club, huh? The best friggin' team in all the land. That's Whoa. funny how you remember that whole scene. That's pretty good pretty good pretty damn good lads <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like putting on spiked brass knuckles yeah. and grabbing chains and shit as he's singing yeah, I know. and his buddy's just like 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. be fucked. That guy's that guy's funny. That Dude, I, Euro Trip's I, one of my favorite movies. I uh, when I lived in Colorado, I would use it as my litmus test for edibles. Where I was so like, I've seen this movie a hundred times. If I can yet? eat an edible and still laugh my fucking ass off. That's hilarious. That's your test. Yeah. My thing with Jay and Silent Bob, like I've said many times, I can ha- usually I can post them up here, switch them out for Bob and Doug because I have the little figures. But uh, that movie got me through when I was 13 and I was breaking up with girls and I oh, just yeah. watched it over and over after a sad breakup. Like I'm saying, I watched it every day because it made me And on that better. note, we cue the music. So he dropped out uh, after completing grade eight. He's like, that's it. I'm good. Um, and he lived with his parents until he was sent to jail for a break and entering when he was 17. Over the next quarter century, he spent all but four years behind bars, racking up more than nine con- 90 90 convictions and several and seven escapes from custody. What he was f- only out for four years. Yep. There's gotta be some, like y- your fucking legal system is weird as shit. Like in America, this dude would have been sucks. shot yeah, like years ago, which is not yeah, good, but we have the far uh, Canadian legal system is fucked on, on both ends. Like, so, oh, look, let's let out this fucking pedo, uh, but let's keep this kid that's fucking, you know, used to, let's keep this kid that uh, sold weed in jail or fucking coke, uh, which that's the whole thing that I like about Ron Paul um, was that, you know, it was about letting out um, all offenders uh, that were non- uh, Non-violent violent, drug yeah, offenders, Yeah, non-violent yes. drug crimes. Um, As it should be. It should be. If you just fucking so- just put him in jail for like a fucking year and be like, all right, did you learn your lesson? Don't go back to dealing drugs, please. Yeah, or how about we fucking address the issues that cause yeah. these inherent things in society in the first place? A lot of Reagan in the 80s spreading crack into the ghetto. Right, Fuck Reagan. <laughs> Burn in hell, you yeah. fucking piece of shit. 90 convictions and seven escapes from custody. So, and obviously, he was he was young, too, you know, in and out of jail. And so, he, what kind of jail was he in? They're like... Oh, we just got you a, 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 you know, a foot fence. It's it's about a, it's about five foot, four foot, and it's like you can just like st- fucking hop over it. They just put up posts, and they're like, "Now you're not allowed to go past those." Yeah. And so help me, if you if you go past those, we're gonna be mad. We're gonna make. We're gonna be very gonna upset be about very it. Very upset. We're gonna give yeah, you. Yeah, no, a we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna shake our fingers so hard at you. <laughs> No, you're uh, not. Hey, 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 get back here. You're not supposed to. No, you. Hey, no, 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 <laughs> don't don't. What? Hey. He's gone. He's fucking gone. It's a bad system we have. Send out the beavers. Bunch of <laughs> fucking beavers instead of dogs. <laughs> get the mounted moose brigade. Yeah. Uh, con artist. He was a con artist with a charming. He's charming, but manipulative manner. Also, sometimes got early release for good behavior. And other times, his sentence extended after escape attempts because he was like, they give him two weeks and he escapes after three days. <laughs> and it's like, I just could- couldn't do two weeks, man. <laughs> I couldn't do it. So, uh, yeah, which is fucking crazy. Few uh, trusted him for uh, long. And eventually, he antagonized both guards and fellow prisoners. And obviously, he could fight. And I don't think he had the highest of intelligence. And he did rate rate 38 out of the 40 on the psychopath test. So, you know, he's probably got the strength to defend himself if someone wants to fuck with him. 
Right. It really does seem like a bad idea. Like they did, they made the same mistake with Dahmer where it's like, oh, our yeah. kid's really weird and isolated and angry. What should we do? Let's get him a weight set. I know. Yeah. He met his future wife, um, Joanne Hale, a short, nervous divorcee with red, reddish brown hair in February 1980. And she was in an abusive relationship before she met him. So. It sounds bad, but a lot of women end up getting back into those type of relationships a lot later on. Like, Do we know that he was abusive to her, though? We don't know that, but we know that she came out of an abusive relationship. Right, so maybe the dude was just, you know, maybe. pure evil, but he wasn't outwardly abusive to her because he yeah. got it all out by, you know, being a fucking psychopathic <laughs> child murderer. Yeah, that's true. They were married what, on... It's like, um, what's his face? Um... um Who's the fucking the Pee Wee Gaskins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. was his family just like he was fine to us? Like, yeah, they were married on May fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, in the People's Full Gospel Chapel in Surrey. A month after, soon Stephanie was born. Their son, oh Stephen, fucking Stephen. Their son Stephen was born, not Stephanie. It's Stephen. Did you? Did you just fucking assume that child's gender tone? <laughs> How dare you? Unbeknownst to his bride, Olsen had already murdered three fucking children. Three. Count them three, my bud. Three. Yeah. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. It gets way worse. Yes, it does. Uh, so Christine Wheeler, uh, Colleen Marion Dagnot. Both 13 and, uh, and from, uh, Surly, Sur- Surrey, stupid fucking Canadian fucking town name, Surrey. And then Darren Todd R- John's rude, John's rude. It's literally spelled John's rude in one word. Uh, Darren Todd John's word. So it's 60, he was 16. And the funny thing, um, that he did there mostly it was like young girls, um, preteen girls and stuff like that, but he did murder a teen boy. So he was kind of, and I, and I think there's another one too. I think there's two, two boys and he, I think he, uh, there's gonna be a lot of rape in this episode, but yeah, you rape them. Um, yes. The woman in the YouTube doc I watched wouldn't use this. She kept saying, she said rape like once or twice. Then she kept saying the R word. Yeah, because it probably gets you flagged on YouTube almost immediately if you just keep saying, you know, rape over and over on fucking YouTube. We, well, we don't have enough followers to get flagged yet. So <laughs> we're getting there, but uh, well, not yet. I think 200 followers is not enough to get you flagged. I think it's when we reach a thousand. We'll know we've made it when YouTube shuts our channel down. Yeah. <laughs> In days of his wedding, Olsen had abducted and killed Sharon Wolfens- Wolfsteiner. Sharon, I swear uh, I Sandus. thought you were going to say Wolfenstein there know, for a second. I, I almost did. Uh, so he killed and abducted Sandra Wolfensteiner, Steiner, 16 of Langley. A month later, he struck again, murdering 13-year-old Ada Anta, court of Burnaby. Jesus Christ. What is with their fucking everyone's? Why do they need to name their full name? And, and, uh, you know, and it's A-D-A. Ada. Ada. Ada Anta Court. No, Ada would be ADA. Yeah, ADA, ADA, right? Yeah. Ada. Ada? Oh, weird. Ada. Like Ada Wong Man, I can't from Resident Evil. Names. I fucking, I've said this a million times. Ada Anta Court. It's like all these people with, it's like, of, of Burnberry. A Burnaby. A bur, fucking Barnaby. God damn it. She's from Barnaby. All right. She is from Barnaby. 
Man, I got stoned on this episode. I'd, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were so spry and, and ready to go. I know. And then marijuana. His sadistic appetite, like Welter, it, it diminished after a time. He increased the speed in which he sought his victims. So it's like he couldn't be, he just couldn't get satisfied. Like it just, he that hunger, he had to feed Feed and feed that hunger. In July 1981, he killed no fewer than six children. Simon, Simon um, Patting, uh, Partington, nine. Terry Lynn Carson, 15, both from Surrey. Judy Cosma, 14. Raymond King, 15, from New Westminster. It's strange how often we steal British names or the world that they just colonized us. Sergrin and she was 18. She was a German tourist. Mary Louise Cartran, 17, from Maple Ridge. So he was, he would kill people. And in July, he killed a few uh, fucking six people. If it was six children. He killed six children in one month. Yeah, he ramped up really quickly. He went into rampage mode. mode. Yeah. He went into rampage mode, like literally. So quickly, and that's why this is crazy. And I think Alan Azure, it just they do remind they're very similar, not with killing kids, but it's the way they're but his his MO <laughs> is is kind of the same how it's just, it's very fast paced. Just bam bam bam, get out of jail. I'm gonna murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. You know, so it's fucking So I mean, maybe maybe that psychopathy test is accurate because it sounds like the dude is more or less just a pure fucking evil being. Yeah, killed six fucking children. And like the, he just met the German chick that was 18. Um, I can say chick, I guess, because she is only 18. So she's of age. Um, and she was a German tourist. They, he met at a bar. I'm going to say, I don't want to call a, ch- a little girl a chick when I'm like, that's okay. why you looked at me weird. No, I wasn't sure like what you were getting at with I was, that. I was just no, getting that at that. The, don't, I don't want to call a child a chick. It sounds bad. Yeah, it'd be weird if you point to like a 13 year old and you're like, look at that, oh, yeah, chick. that chick over there. Oh, I'm not- <laughs> Yeah, it'd be really weird if you're like, look at that chick. But <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, that chick over there. It's like, that's, yeah, that's she basically a, is a chick. She's a fucking infant. That's a child. <laughs> um, so, but the, when he met the 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 girl, at the, the German tourist, um, he, they're just at the bar and then he kind of convinced her to go with him. And um, and the other one, the Judy Cosmo, he just kept, uh, Cosma, Judy Cosma, she was 14. Um, and she, he would, he drove around with her and stuff. And then it's a, you know, it's weird. And then like, so there was slowly feeding her drinks and she was, I think she worked up, she was going to a interview at like McDonald's or something like that just so she could get a job. And he's like, I'll drive you there. And then they just sat in the car and he drove around and then he kept feeding her beers. And I was like, Oh, we're a little early for your interview. Let's go fucking drink beer with a 14 year old. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a good idea right before a job interview. Oh, I know. I know we're a little early. What do you want to do? Let's tie one on. Fuck it. Meanwhile, this motherfucker was going to church, telling everyone that would listen that he found God and was weighing down um, his coffee table with a Bible. That's, that's a weird way to say it. This is what he I guess he said. I'm weighing down my coffee table with a Bible. I, I read it so much. Um, I don't know why when I think of religious people, I think of uh, Southerners, but... I mean, it is a stereotype. I know. So he even posted a solicitation on the church bulletin uh, board advertising window washing jobs for teenagers. So this is what he would do. So he was going to church, like saying, like, you know, I love Jesus. I love God. I'm no longer this convicted felon. And and then he would like, you know, he's bragging. I, I found Jesus. Yeah. And then meanwhile, he's hanging up a bulletin. His M.O. does remind me slightly 
of uh, John Wayne Gacy. Uh, getting kids, like, showing job. Be like, come, because he, he led kids to, like, construction sites. One of the victims of the six children, he's like, oh, you're looking for a job. Um, and he would do this, too, where he was, like, telling people, like, telling children that he's like, oh, you need a little job? You want to make a little money? Like, come with me to this construction site. Doesn't it remind you a yeah. little bit of Gacy? That is that is very similar to Gacy, yeah. But I feel like Gacy, did Gacy lure people more with the prospect of partying or work? Because I thought that Gacy like had a construction company because he was still a super upstanding member of society. Air quotes. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I, I do believe that he uh, there was at least uh, an, a couple times where he did get boys Gacy did on the um, notion that they were going to come work for him, that he was a contractor. You come make a little money with me. Cause he was, you know, boy 16 at the time in the eighties wanted to work and make some money. And mm -hmm. I do remember at least a couple times. Then he'd be like, you want to have a beer after we work? Can I, can I see you work out? Uh, let me fucking I'll jump on you with my fat gut. That's going to be a fucked one. Wait, just wait for that one. That'll probably, probably be a next year thing but uh you know we will be getting into the big time the guys the big time men um that's what i'm gonna call them, the big time men and some of the big time women uh because the, there's a lot of cases that i'm sure the fans do want to hear and but i like doing ones that maybe you've never heard of dun, dun, dun. the lesson known the deep cuts here on strange brew sometimes that is better I just love that fucking song. Maybe, maybe not for this uh, episode though. Uh, so, but he would—he was putting up bulletins um, all over, and you know, saying, you know, you know, I got jobs and uh, whatever, blah blah, like essentially uh, solicitations. Solicitations—is that what I want to say? Yeah, in the one documentary, they were talking about how he uh, preyed upon hardworking kids, yes, because they were just trying to earn a couple extra bucks. Yep, Olsen actually made his living as a scam artist and thief. Olsen was finally arrested on August 12, 1981, near Port Al Alberni on Vancouver Island. He was arrested on Vancouver Island uh, on suspicion of trying to abduct two female hitchhikers in his car. So at the time, the cops were watching him. We'll probably get into it. And they were following him. And, and then essentially, they... He, they saw him do. They saw him actually break and enter into a place. They saw him do a little robbery, and they left him because they're like, "Well, we want to get him something bigger." And then when he picked up the two hitchhikers, that's when they pulled over the car. And they said he was under twenty four hour surveillance. Yeah, like he was talking about how he had helicopters following him. He had yeah. cars that were 20, 20 cars ahead of him, and that were twenty cars behind him. Yeah. So he's like, he couldn't shake him. He just can't shake him. Yeah, so let's get into another clip and hearing uh, this psycho talk. So if anybody ever asks me, I'm going to tell them that you're you are innocent of all all that you never did that. I'm gonna, if anybody ever asks me, I'm going to tell them that you are innocent of what of of of, what? of all those murders. No, no, I killed eleven. <laughs> oh no, no, he's like that's that, that's the he's like they're trying to butter him up, but at the same time he's like no, no, like I I killed eleven people. Like I kept 11 children. I, I, and he says like, he's like, no, no, I pled guilty. <laughs> like he really sounds like he has just discontent for the guy. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that he's got some sort of arrangement with the woman in that clip. Yeah. You might be right. He, the guy just wanted to talk to him. It's interesting. This way he speaks. It's like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm just like, just frank about it. And uh, so by that time, the 41 year old habitual criminal, 
uh, had spent more than half of his life behind bars and was facing more than a dozen outstanding, outstanding charges. He was taken to Chilliwack for questioning and charged two days later with the murder of Judy Cosma, uh, whose nude body with multiple stab wounds had been discovered on July 25th. Finding the rest of the victims and extracting a confession out of Olson became the urgent preoccupation for the police caught between trying to bring a murderer to justice without any concrete evidence and, you know, finding this, you know, you know, getting, helping the families find that were like, you know, that find their dead kids. Essentially they, they were giving the families closure. Yeah, yeah. They were desperate to know what happened to their children. They could have, uh, I don't know. They could have done more beforehand. It, it seemed Absolutely. like it was quite obvious that this guy uh, probably was a psycho and probably should stay in jail. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely took advantage of the uh, the Canadian revolving door prison system. Yeah. It's it's crazy, especially with somebody that has that many violent offenses on their record. Like, it'd be one thing, again, if we were, like we were talking about before, if he just had a bunch of drug charges or, you know, petty theft or something like that. But for him yeah. to have all of these violent tendencies, did he never see prison shrink he should have or something i don't like, know why they yeah. wouldn't have they're just it the criminal system in canada is fucking stupid and i do believe that certain corporations get paid to keep prisoners inside jail and that's why they, oh they, that's how the prison system yeah. operates in america so but the the whole this is crazy because the whole rationale behind the cash for bodies the deal was only revealed after olsen was sentenced in january 1982 um so I feel like there's another case, and I don't know if you can remember. Wasn't there someone else, or maybe it was just him that got away with this, um, this whole thing of getting paid for the amount of bodies that he uh, he shows them that he knows where... Isn't that fucked? He's showing them... That's super fucked. He's showing them where the bodies are for cash in return. Yeah, that's super, super fucked. The police had agreed to pay Olson $30,000 for evidence on the four bodies that had been uh, recovered before his arrest in August 1981, with additional ten grand for each subsequent murder site he identified or body he helped locate. They gave him up to forty grand, or they were going to, it's funny, even the docs I watched, they never mentioned this, but I'm not sure, remember my law teacher talking about this, how ridiculous this, you know, this rationale was to do this, pay a murderer to fucking show you where the bodies are. Yeah, I thought they gave him a hundred grand in total. And he gave them yeah. 11 bodies. So he got $10,000 for each body that he let Oh, them yeah, to. true. So, yes. Oh, yeah, that is, and yeah, it, was all, it, wasn't, it wasn't given to him because I, I don't know if you guys have the same law in Canada as we do in the States. It was given Where to you can't make trust, money yeah. on the crime. Yeah. Uh, so it was given to his, yeah, his wife and his son, huh. which is... It's fucking strange. But uh, whatever. His son having a father like that, maybe he should deserve all that money. Um, Plus he was receiving old age benefits. For the longest oh. time in prison, apparently, and they had to like, they made a new law that was, uh, you know, like, oh, you can't receive this if you're yeah. in prison. Olson was uh, so cuffed um, about the arrangement, so uh, he he loved it that he provided details about one murder free of charge, and he called it a freebie, as like mm -hmm. he, he almost he was boasting about it. He's like, you know what, like I I like this deal so much. You know, what? I'll give you a freebie. Let me talk to you about Janice. 
Janice is a fond memory of mine, and I just like talking about it. And he just, I don't even know if a victim's name is Janice. I was just making that up. I actually heard it a different way that it was uh, the guy who was in charge of setting up the deal basically told me, he's like, I can't just give you that money. I can't just yeah. walk into my boss's office and tell him, yeah, just give this guy a hundred grand and he'll tell us where the bodies are without giving us something, something of co- you know, concrete evidence. And he's so probably, he said, I'll, I'll give, give you a freebie. freebie. Yeah, I'll give you a freebie. Yeah. Before, he led them oh, to the yeah. first body and then Interesting. subsequently the other 10. Before Olson gave up any gory details, however, he insisted that the money was paid to his wife, Joanne, who had moved with their baby and uh, baby son to her parents' home in uh, an area of Vancouver. Um, she had played uh, the devout, trusting wife during the trial, even though he murdered a bunch of children. That's psychosis. You're just be- like believing in the lies. Crazy. So that or she's just trying to distance herself from it yeah. too. Yeah, just give me that money. I know you're... Just give me that money, okay? I gotta raise your fucking son now. Let's hope he doesn't turn out like a fucking psycho. Right? Because I'm watching the new season of Dexter, and his son's in it, and it's good. And it's like, uh-oh. Are they Do they? Are they the same? Or do they have the same tendencies? It's it's pretty good. I, I like Dexter. Um, this last two seasons kind of sucked. That's why they did... Uh, I think they're going to do this season and maybe another two, maybe. But hmm. it's interesting. It's It's interesting. It's, you know... Related to serial killers, people check it out. If you've never seen Dexter, watch up to like season I think four, and then watch the new season. <laughs> uh, that all changed when she call, was called as a witness in a lawsuit brought by the families of seven of the victims. The group sued. Uh, the group sued in the Supreme Court of BC in October 1984 to have the hundred thousand cash bodies trust fund declared fraudulent and the remaining money given to them as compensation for the murder of their children um i'm on the fence about this a little bit i don't i don't know if it's my fucking sadistic mind but it's just like i don't know maybe this this fucking psycho fucking kids uh, psycho father's kid maybe deserves it but also like if 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 someone kills my kid then i get money from that like that's a strange concept too to be like my kid died i want the money like and I get both. I uh, know I get more or less the parent side, but you know what I mean. It is a strange. It's a strange thing in general. This whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like one of those things that would be. Uh, I don't know. Good for anyone. I know. I guess, like yeah, like, you're weird. putting a dollar amount on your, your child's life. It's weird. Well, I but get the whole idea the of like don't give it to them. death lawsuits and yeah. shit, but that that makes sense. I guess you're covering the cost and then pain and suffering and yeah, well, I get that know. because that happens. Yeah, it does happen in court where they pay. You know, uh, someone has to pay out for the pain they've caused somebody else. Else, even if it's like a horrible employer or even sometimes a boyfriend and stuff like that. Um, but I I do get the idea that like don't give this fucking money to him, the murderer. So, but the thing is, it's uh you know just give it to us because we're the people have lost like i understand that but that's the whole idea of that that if if this is in a court of law and they agreed to this the same way how they couldn't uh arrest carla homoka after she did the deals and she served her time they gave her the the minimum sentence in a not terrible prison but other people think differently um but essentially yeah they gave she spent time in prison a lot less than she should have and because that they gave her the videotapes she agreed to this Till they saw the videotape. So it's the whole idea of that, like you agreed to something and you wouldn't have got the bodies if you didn't agree to this. You know what I mean? It's almost like what hold, what, what part of the law do you uphold to? 
Well, that's what they said. They said uh, that was their justification for doing the deal when, you know, push came to shove and, yeah. and there was a bunch of blowback from the cops making this deal. They said that due to the remote, uh, the remote areas of the bodies and, uh, the, so, like the the nature of, of how they were yeah. disposed, it would have been almost impossible to, find, to recover them without yeah. his direct cooperation. And, yeah, because he knew where they were. So it's just a, that's the I, this is the craziest one of the craziest things that I've heard police do in an investigation uh, of a serial killer. One of the crazier ones. It really is pretty wild that they paid him that much fucking money. No. Uh, so his wife reverted to her maiden name, uh, Hale, and uh, during the court she was clutching her Bible and sobbing um, because, you know, I feel like she probably like got herself in a bad situation but still obviously has love in the heart for him because if he didn't treat her bad, she, she still ha- he still had her kid. So it's hard to dissociate from that too. For sure. But if you're in a, if you're in a marriage, you have to know something I is know. up. You, you think have BTK's to. wife knew? I'm sure she th- figured there was something going on. She had to have, unless he was just. Oh, he really know. likes jerking off in the washroom in fucking high heels. Strange. <laughs> so, but she she testified that her husband was an alcoholic who frequently beat her. So he did. He was abusive. She left an abusive relationship to get into another abusive relationship and threatened to slash her throat at least one time. But it could have been more. Wow. Than- I know, I'm gonna fucking slash your throat, fucking whatever her name is. Um, I was like, why can't I think of her name? Name is Joanne. <laughs> uh, so yeah, saying he's gonna slash uh, her throat. So she also admitted that he had confessed his crimes to her after the trial. Oh, what can I say, honey? He apparently said, uh, I, I, I did it. It was the booze and the pills. Like so crazy. So she divorced yeah, him. True. It was the booze and the pills that yeah. made you fucking kill a whole bunch of people. I think it was your psychotic tendencies and probably being, you know what? Even Charles Manson spent most of his life, you know, when we talk about serial killers, we're always going to talk about other, other serial killers. Cause he's not really a serial killer. In my yeah. Manson, but you know, he's a cult leader, but they label right. him as one. Um, but he, he went through the jail in and out of his life and he wasn't fucking murdering a bunch of children. Nope. So it is, that's something fundamentally wrong with that human yeah. being. So, and so she divorced him in 1985. Uh, they, the BC court ununanimously ruled against the family in March 1986, arguing that the RCMP payment was not made as compensation for the deaths of the children. So because it's such a gray area, they had to be like, well, this was not the point of what we're using this money for. The point was that he made an, they made an agreement. And they have to fulfill that agreement or it goes against all of our other rules and laws. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's such a gray area. And they, use the th- <laughs> they use authority to obtain evidence to convict Olson of the murders. The Supreme Court of Canada refused to hear the case on appeal later the same year. So like, no, we're not doing this. We said what we said. So this is uh, prisons, uh, Olson's prison record. Olson was sent more uh, more than halfway across the country after his murder trial and incarcerated in Kingston Penitentiary in February 1982. That's fucking weird. That's crazy. He he got put in the same fucking prison that Paul Bernardo would end up in fucking years later. Well, don't you guys only have like one or two super max prisons in Canada? 
Yeah, like one of I, yeah. Vancouver, and then I, don't I think know the there other was like t- I thought there was like three, but no, because I know Kingston was a maximum security prison, and that's why they had to put in Bernardo there. But it's just crazy that they didn't have one in Vancouver to hold this fucking psycho. They had to ship him to Ontario. Like that's like an hour away from me. Not not even like fifty minutes, maybe an hour. I mean, it happens. Fucking crazy. So he spent 23 hours of his day in a cell in a special administrative uh, segregation unit, um, an E-block, housing inmates who need protection from fellow uh, fellow prisoners. The same way, so crazy, all this shit, like, you know, that's why I like talking about sure because it relates, because Paul Bernard, the same thing happened to him, where they had to put him in this segregated section because, because you know, as soon as you, you fuck kids... Uh, you're you're gonna be harassed by prisoners. Like they don't take kindly to people who mess with children. So no, they do not. So you know, Paul Bernardo would get pissed thrown at him and shit thrown at him. I'm sure, uh, sure, you know, Clifford got the same thing. And no, he's not a big big red dog. He's a big psychopathic asshole. Good. The shit, the shit and piss should be made of acid. I know. So in uh, in the first seven years, he made five requests for a transfer and made a trip back to uh, Vancouver. So he wanted to go back to uh, Vancouver after duping the police with tales about um, other unsolved crimes. So he did become an informant. He became a snitch inside of jail. And uh, so they did bring him back to Vancouver for a trip. He made a trip back to Vancouver. After visiting the cell block in August 1989, Globe and Mail reported Kirk Macon described Olsen as a fit, tanned, and unrepenting as he was notorious. True to form, he instantly spat out demands and cunningly worded entreaties. So he wanted to always have, he's trying to always make deals so he can make something off of his crimes. He can't, he's too, too stupid to write a book. They probably wouldn't let him in the first place. So he's just trying to make demands and get what he wants. And it seems like he's unrelenting. Does not give a shit yeah, to make his life any more comfortable or a little more comfortable than it is. You know, yeah. uh, that, that one picture of him in prison, he had a TV, he had a radio, an entire shelf of books. It's, it's like, like Al Capone, bro. Yeah. <laughs> is leaping back and forth from his his cot to his desk. He shoved letters and court documents through the bars. The only time that Olson turned away from his obsessive interest in religion and mounting legal challenges, according to Macon. Hour of day he spent running in the exercise yard. So most times he was reading his Bible, but say, seemed like he was unrepenting and didn't give a shit. But meanwhile, saying that he's a changed man and he reads the Bible. Um, but also he is obviously going through all of his legal documents and trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do? Like, is there anything I can spin this? Any way I can spin this, you know? <laughs> no, but, but where did he, uh, where was he when they found that, uh, that handcuff key up his ass? You know, they transferred him to a hospital. He had got x-rays done. And then they had transferred him to a new prison afterwards because they found a handcuff key up his ass. What? Uh, oh, you didn't see that? Oh, yeah, it's coming up on the research. I didn't see that in the docs. Um, it's been a while. I remember my law teacher talking about that, actually. He's like, yes, he put a key in his bum bum. Um, so, and my law teacher was humorous, too, so we made jo- like slight jokes to, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, fucking dark humor, my favorite. Uh, But, you know, so two years later, E-Block had been shut down and Olsen was moved to H-Block. Even there, he was placed as far away from other prisoners as possible. Um, And he, you know, they used this reinforced cell with floor to the ceiling plexiglass covered in bars. So they put him in a magneto cell. 
with bars. Yeah, it certainly sounds that way, yeah. They put him in a plexiglass like jail cell, and then there's bars beyond the jail cell, and it's just like like so is the bars shwing? like immediately on the outside of the plexiglass, so. or is it like plexiglass it cube like. and then you know with a floor to ceiling? It says floor to ceiling plexiglass covering the bars. Huh. Fucking crazy. Even Weird. his isolation couldn't muffle his sounds of typing, his incestia uh, in uh, it's his even his isolation couldn't muffle the sounds of his incessant typing as he wrote his pornographic and sadistic memoirs of his crimes. So he did what many serial killers did, and he just sat there and reminisced while having a Bible next to him. He's like, and then I raped her and cut her throat, strangled her, stabbed her multiple times, and I was completely hard the entire time, and I jizzed everywhere. It's just like, because it, it's pornographic, it's obviously very detailed in his own thoughts, mm -hmm. and... It's just, it's very strange that, you know, a lot of serial killers do this. They send their reminisce, but it's strange that he just has the Bible and he's fucking reading about God every day and Jesus, but he's writing about this shit. I mean, the Bible isn't exactly a, you know, yeah, know. the, the book of love and forgiveness that it, it pretends to be. Yeah. yeah that Christians like to pretend that it is. It's in there, but a lot of it is also, you know, just the destruction and rape and pillage of, of every other society. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's very true. Um, and he used to, you know, he would probably, I think he would send a lot of mail, and then authorities started screening his mail, um, composed of revolting, ex revoltingly explicit and threatening letters to some of the family's victims. And that's why the in the interview, he does say, you know, that, like, did you actually, like, write letters to the victims? And he, like, said he didn't, but then he said he, he there's theories that he called them to. Uh, there, there is the... One of the victims, um, uh, Cosma, um, the 14-year-old that had the job interview at, like, McDonald's, he he needed to keep something from her when he killed her, so he kept her, um, uh, like, uh, what's that called? A phone, it's like a phone book, like a diary, not even her diary, but it was, uh, what's that called? Her address book? Her address book, I don't know. She had, like, she had a book of all of her friends, like, uh, numbers and shit in it. It is the 80s. So he took that from her, and supposedly he would call... He would call her friends and be like, you're next. You're next, little Susie. And he would call them, which is fucking scary. And he yeah, would also terrifying. call the, she would, he would even call some of the families of the victims. I heard before he was even in jail and was like taunting them and, and you know, which serial killers have done before. But he was, he was completely psycho. This guy is fucking nuts. He's off his, he's out of, man, he's fucking, he's a basket case. He's out of his fucking tree. Yeah, grade A piece of shit. Yeah, literally. And so, yeah, because he would literally be writing letters and they didn't go through any of his mail and he was writing letters to the family, you know, and it's fucking crazy. This guy's a, this guy is crazy. In 1992, after complaining about back pain, Olsen was sent to X, uh, to the x-rays, uh, in the, you know, to Kingston hospital. Um, so technicians found a handcuff key stolen from prison guards tucked in his rectum. It was in his pooper. He shoved the key in his ass. And obviously he didn't get him anywhere cause he didn't escape. Yeah, that was not well thought out. I assume he probably thought that he would have had time to fish it out yeah. before he ever got into an x-ray, or maybe he didn't know that they were going to x-ray him, and he just figured they'd go shoot him up with a whole bunch of, you know, pain meds or I something. I just can't poop it out. I can't do it. Whoops. I can't do it. I can't poop it out. Just, like, waiting forever. And he's like, it's been, like, three weeks, and this key still hasn't came out. 
No, I just I, I had an image of somebody sitting on the toilet now, and when they finally fart, it's just beep 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 beep. <laughs> I, I had an image of like the guards like, "What are you doing, Clifford?" And he's like, "Fucking got his finger way up his ass on the toilet." Yeah, and he's niche. like, "He's like this. I got. I get when I wipe. I I go all the way." I make oh sure God. there's no poo poo. <laughs> so bad. Um, so the escape attempt was it wasn't successful, and Olson was transferred after almost a decade of his crazy behavior um, to Kingston to the special handling unit in the maximum security federal uh, penitentiary in Prince Albert, Saskatoon. So there is a couple of them, but so they essentially like they, he went back to Vancouver for a bit and then they're like, no, you're going back to Kingston. And then he was there. They found the key and they're like, all right, we're going to send you to the most maximum security prison that Canada has a, so they sent him to Prince Albert um, in Saskatoon. This one actually has locks on the door. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so, it's that, uh, um, off of Austin Powers when Doctor Who runs to the door and it opens. <laughs> and fly, fly. I'll get it. I'll get it. Just Closes like, the door. <laughs> and uh, so and so it continues with Olsen using the system to apply repeated uh, repeatedly from parole. He's like he's like Charles Manson. No, guys, I'm I am good, man. I I'm better. All right, the, 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 I'm 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 part of the dream matrix, man. You can't understand me. I just need to be outside. I need to, I'm a bird. I need to be free. It's my Charles Manson impression. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, but uh, it is, you know. So he re- he did repeatedly, like just like Bernardo was like, you know, I'm 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 good. I know I murdered, sadistically murdered a lot of children, but I'm I'm good. Guys, I'm I better read now. the Bible. It's okay. My yeah. porn is just I need to vent a little. And that's all it is. I just need to vent. Just don't mind that drawing of that woman cut up into pieces. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? So, um, so privileges and, you know, uh, under the charter for what it deemed cruel and unusual conditions of his incarceration. Oh, so he was, re- he was actually, he was appealing how, um, uh, against where he was inside of his prison. So he kept trying to appeal. He was trying to get parole, but also he was trying to get more privileges because he, it, what he was doing, what they did to him and where they incarcerated him was a cruel and unusual punishment of his incarceration. That's fucked. So he was like, man, this is too harsh. Can I, can you write letters like that? This is against the Canadian charter of rights. I read it and it's like, bro, you killed people. You're in prison. Yeah. Yeah, you you are you are locked up. It's not it's not the fucking Holiday Inn, man. But that's that. There's that whole thing in that that doc that um, Michael Moore and uh, oh. that pr- the prison system one, and how it is. You know, it, it does say in the it does stay in the states. I think it does say in Canada. Never be punished with cruel and unusual punishment. So it is. It, that's the idea that Sweden they someone can murder their wife and they can at, live at this prison where they can go for a bike bike ride and they can make coffee and they understand that they have the reform is not going to keep reforming someone. If you just keep them in a cell all day long, it's not going to do shit. It's not going to help change them by any means or help reform them. I do believe that. No, yeah, absolutely. You, you've done nothing to get to the root of yeah. the problem. Yeah. They didn't even, it doesn't sound like they really got him to even talk to a psychiatrist or anything. Like they didn't really push for to look at his mental health and why he's this nuts. It certainly doesn't seem as though they did any, you know, like comprehensive therapy sessions with the yeah. guy. I'm sure they, there was probably something intake with the psychologist where they're like, where okay, answer these questions so we can figure out where to put you. Yeah, I know. It's true. 
So when Saskatchewan facility closed down in summer of 1997, Olson was transferred back east to a super security maximum prison special handling unit in uh, Plains, North Montreal and Quebec. So they sent him to uh, all the, the Frenchies took him. His last feudal appearance before the national parole board was on November, 2010. This is the final time. Olson told the board in disgust, his gray hair combed forward to his camouflaging his his thinness. So it's just like, oh, he's just he's got oh he's got really thin hair, so he just combs it to the side. So it's like, you know, he's just trying to he's trying to hold on to what little hair he has left. Just the comb over. Never again. I'm out. For once, he was telling the truth. He's he's done. He's he knows he's uh, he's stuck. So nevertheless, each time Olsen made headlines, the most recent occasion was when he appeared before National Pro Board uh, in 2010, where he, you know, he, the last thing, last time he actually went to the Pro Board, the families of the victims were traumatized again. The children will never be restored, but at least now Clifford Olsen uh, had been silenced uh, when he died of cancer. Uh, on on the Friday, at the age of 71, his legal challenges were finally over. He died at the spry age of 71. But, you know, he he was a fucking piece of shit. I don't know why he ever thought that he could have got out. Like, there's even like you're you keep doing you shut the key in your ass to try to escape. And he was probably a pretty shitty prisoner. They said that he like taunted and, and fucked with the victims writing letters. He taunted even the guards and like, you know, messed with the guards and probably played pranks or just, you know, just asked for sympathy or tricked them in ways. So it's like, bro, you're not going to even, no one's even going to look twice at letting you out if you're doing all this shit. It might have been because he had been in and out of prison so many times in his early life that he just assumed that yeah. he would get out at some point. Yeah, maybe he was just put in his head. You know, that he could, he could eventually, like, like how Charles Manson was like, you know, I, I live in the side of the prison. And then he's like, you know, and he's like, let me get out of here, though. I'm, I'm a bird. But he's like, he wants to be free. But at the same time, like his Charles Manson spent a lot of time in and out of jail, in and out of jail. And he's like, I'm going to get out eventually. And he was yeah. so convinced on it. He was for a very long time, which I'm sure Clifford Olson was the same. Where he's like, I'm got to get out. Like, you know, they, I know I showed them all of the dead bodies that I murdered and raped, but like. I I show them though. I told them where they were. I apologize. What more do you want? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I said I was sorry. I said sorry. Eh? Oh, he and did like, say he did say sorry. So we better let him out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Clifford Olson was a very interesting case. I wanted to get into him because um, I want to get into some serial killers. That you know, we have a, a majority of our listeners are in the states. We have you know thousands of downloads from the states. So I want to always I want to do some true crime and some serial killers that you may not know. Eh? So uh, you know I want to get into some different types of shit. So it was good to get into Clifford Olson, which was it's fucked up case. But we have a lot of um, bit the big time men and, uh, you know, uh, coming out soon. So and some big ass cases. So I want to kind of get into this, too. Yeah, I learned uh, I learned a lot about him from from you, because I honestly I, I didn't know shit about this before yeah. we started doing this one. I wish I would have been able to deep dive him a little more. But He's, there's not much meat to this man other than his. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, it's not much meat to this guy. He's he is. He's just a psychopath. And it just he killed. So much in a short span of time, nine months, he killed 11 people. That is, that is, uh, you know, that's more than a victim a month. You know what I mean? So it's, it's insane. Yeah. He went into fucking rampage mode, like right off the hop. He's like, no, I spent most of my time in prison. And he was, he was a pedophile. Obviously he, he, you know, he wanted young, 
young victims. You know, he the, the oldest he went after was 18, which is he's you know he's not. He, that's why it's, it's sometimes easier to joke or make dark humor about certain serial killers that are more well known because you try not to shame or make fun of the victims in any way. Um, sometimes maybe their names because some of their names are kind of uh, goofy. Um, like yeah. Peter Pan from Ramirez. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Pete, Billy's like, that's, what the fuck? That's a throwback to our first serial killer that we ever talked about was Richard Ramirez. And Billy's like, his name was Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, but does that make Richard Ramirez Captain Hook? Yeah, exactly. Um, it is. Yeah. But it's, you know, some of these cases are going to be a little, a little, a little more crazy and a little more cringy and a little more disturbing than others. So, and yeah. this was one of them, but you know, it's, he's a fucking psychopath. He's a scum fuck. All right. Well, you know where to find us, uh, Um, The time this releases, we probably should have our new merch site up and running. Um, we'll have a lot of fun designs. we got designs in the works coming up. So that's a good way to support us, is repping us. The shipping is cheaper. So if you're a fan of this, get yourself a T-shirt. The shipping, because of the site we're using, was expensive. It was like 20 bucks, but there was often deals where you could get shipping cheaper. Like once a month, they have a deal. Uh, but you'd have to mm-hmm. just watch for those. But we're going with Teespring now. They're a good company. And the shipping is like $12. And everything is cheap as I could make it. We're going to make no profit off this for all the fans. It's just so you can get the cheapest merch. It's going to be good quality shit. Essentially, you can set prices to allow us to make some money. But till we, you know, we have a bunch of people, people buy merch, you know, every month kind of thing, but we want to build it up. So I literally made it so cheap. So everyone was able to get it because the shipping is not bad either. So you can get like a pullover sweater with our logo or some of our cool designs on it for like 35, 40 bucks when normally sweaters like that are 50, 60 bucks. So we brought everything way down. So you're either coffee mugs or 10 bucks. We got everything you could want. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot, a lot of good shit. And that's how you support us is repping us. Hell Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, the Patreon is going to have a lot of stuff coming out, too. Um, if, if you are a fan of this and you want to support us, that's merch and Patreon, www.patreon.com slash podcast. We're going to have, have some new episodes coming out on that. We're going to be doing some unreal reviews, talking about movies and cinema. So we have a lot of ideas for the Patreon, and this year we're going to pump it up. Uh, so, and you, you know, and one, one last thing, got to plug it. Follow Strange Brew TTV, and you want to follow us on Twitch, and definitely follow Anton because we both stream on there together. So, oh yeah, no, get over to the Twitch page, everybody, and uh, check that shit out. We're we're usually doing some Dead by Daylight as of late, yeah, and uh, gonna hopefully get into some Phasmophobia. So yes, we, uh, <laughs> but that's gonna primarily. I think we were talking about making that Patreon. mostly for the Patreon people. Yes. Uh, so you know, c- come join us as we get murdered by ghosts, and, uh, and you know, and, you scream like little girls. Yeah. It's gonna be funny. Juan even said he doesn't like jump scares. We're like, good. That'll make it even. That'll make it hilarious. Like if you were gonna, I want to see Juan scream. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? That's what I was saying, where he's just like, dude, it's good. I, I don't like jump scare games, but that's going to make for great content then. Exactly. Yeah, we'll be actually gaming on Patreon too. You'll be able to, uh, we'll put up some of the streams that we've done on Twitch too, eventually on the Patreon, some fun things like Friday the 13th. I'm sure when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game comes out, we'll be playing that, and that'll be going up on Patreon so you can watch us game and hear us scream as we get chased by murderers. 
That and the Evil Dead one. Yes, Evil Dead is coming soon. So wait. that's going to be, be a lot so of fun. And a lot of fun for the fans to see us just shit talk and game at the same time. So, uh, yeah, and follow Anton at invaderdaggit underscore TTV. On yes, Twitch. please. Follow, HP follow Shumcraft on Insta, as yes. always, getting close to a thousand. Yep. Getting close to a follow thousand. Follow Strange Podcast. Baby. Yes, at, uh, at um, Instagram, too. We're, we're getting up there, too. We're almost reaching a thousand followers. We want to we want to build up our stuff and we you know we want to reach as much people as possible. So spread the word. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it. It's just the whole thing began. Right, stay strange. Every sensation Keep man watching the I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him. In spite of all his imperfections, I'm a fan of it! And the bomb goes boom, tap my toes to the tune. The fact is I rap to expose the truth. Rap of foes, I wrote to you. I believe you have to know this is bad to blow like you know some coke. Can't see through the snow view, no plan B. Who I fucking told you, you called my rants insanity. But now who's the one in calamity? And I hold true, and you're sold to an identity. And I don't know you, you'll never be me. Try to go through my level of reality. Who with the devil trying to push me off the balcony? Edge of fatality, step into my galaxy. Beyond the violence that we see, humans bond with kindness. And each of these people that we meet, there's evil in the streets. There's people that I need, other people feed the demons of the teeth. Sink in the meat, rinse and repeat. And then cook it like a beef, put it creeps. Look and see, their eyes, there's something that shouldn't be behind that smile. That is home, got a hook deep. And some hooker from the streets, these times are wild. Kids no longer have the mind of a child. The sick born monster inflicts horrible trauma on your mind. Look at the time you're wasting. Look at the time we're facing. Look back in time to ancient times to find life and creation. Look at the time you're wasting. Look at the times they're changing. Look back in time to ancient times to find life and creation. Never walk alone in some of my stock home. Guns and eyes bought and sold. Money hides in the socks they own. The government lies in cops with drones. Celebrities die, then they got a clone. Mysteries about ghosts and haunted homes. Nazis floating UFOs. Most of I know, but I'll expose lots more. R. Kelly pissing on a 50 year old, then he shot loads. Now everyone can film shit, they all got phones. When we're kids, not stoned. High on drugs, and they'll die because they can't find love. So they hide and plug their body up whatever they can find. They shut up the thoughts that constantly come up, and it's fucked up. We must have took a wrong turn history. Look at me, mom, look at this world did to me. Look at the time you're wasting. Look at the times we're facing. Look back in time to ancient times to find life and creation. Look at the times you're wasting. Look at the times they're changing. Look back in time to ancient times to find life and creation. Let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He's a prankster. Think about it. Man instinct. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel, he sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't While you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? 
He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass. He's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that never. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Is that it? Is that it? Why not? Why not?